Welcome to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I thank you for joining me for the podcast today. I'll be sharing a message that I preached recently entitled, A Declaration of Faith. Our text is found in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a declaration of faith. We are a people of faith, and I want to talk to you about making a declaration of faith. For the word of God will never fail. God, nothing will be impossible, but listen to how it reads in this translation. For the word of God will never fail. We're living in chaotic times. The writer of Hebrews describes our days in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 and 27. It says, whose voice then shook the earth, but now... He has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. The Apostle Paul describes our days as perilous times or dangerous times. I would add that we're living in fearful times. Jesus taught in Luke 21, 26, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. That's the day that we're living in. Fear is a tool of the enemy, but I have good news for you. As believers in the body of Christ, we don't have to be afraid. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Everybody say that. Fear is a spirit, but he's given us power and love and a sound mind. First John 4, 8, there's no fear in love, for perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Fear always involves torment. And when you're tormented in your mind, that is a spirit of fear that's coming against your mind. Now, there's a difference in normal fear and the spirit of fear. We all are fearful at times. But what happens is if we let that take root, we give up and we open the door, a spirit of fear will come in and that spirit of fear will torment our minds and we will be tormented in our mind. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Can somebody say amen? Now there's a popular saying that's going around. I see it on the internet. I see it on t-shirts. I saw people wearing face masks the other day and it says this, faith over fear. Faith over fear. This morning, we're making a declaration of faith. How do we navigate chaotic times? We learn to stand on God's word in faith. Hebrews 11, 1, 2, and 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The apostle Paul wrote these words in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10 through 18, to prepare us to war with our faith. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand when I've done all that I know to do when I've fasted when I've prayed when I've worshiped when I've stood on the word of God what do I do I stand 
Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful of this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. What is my declaration of faith today? Romans 8, 2 says this, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 35 through 37, What shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor pre things present nor things to come nor height nor depth or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Mark chapter 9 verse 23 Jesus said to them if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. In Psalms 27 verse 1 it says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 41 13 for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you do not fear I will help you. What is your declaration today? We must learn to boldly speak our faith, to declare God's word over every circumstance we face. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The enemy has launched an all-out attack against the people of God. He desires to hold you in bondage any way that he possibly can. But this morning I've come with a declaration of faith. What is my declaration? 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We are not a defeated people this morning. We are a victorious people. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we must meet this enemy on the battlefield this morning and defeat him. We don't cower in fear. We don't run from the battle. Hey, we run to the battle in the name of the Lord. We take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and we stand out in the name of the Lord and say, Devil, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Listen, we might be outnumbered. We might be outgunned. We might be outfunded. It may look like we're in the majority, but we've got something that the world don't have. We've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on our side. Come on, somebody. We have the angels of God at our command. And I believe this morning that you and I can overcome the enemy and overcome the evil one. What is our declaration? We must use every weapon we possess in our spiritual arsenal against him so we can see God's manifested power released in our midst. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing about God's people suffering at the hands of the enemy. The Apostle Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 reveals our unseen enemy. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood 
in the world. So three things real quick this morning I want to share concerning this declaration. First of all, our faith declaration or our faith confession. Number two, the weapons, the, the powerful weapons God has given us in our arsenal. And number three, the authority that we possess as believers. On October the 24, 2020, I saw the president speaking at a rally. And I, I just, I wasn't trying to look at the president. It just came up on my feed or on the computer. And I looked up and there was a crowd behind him and they were wearing masks, Trump 2020, you know, across it and different sayings across it. And there was a crowd of people that were wearing masks. And the Lord spoke to me. And here's what he said. He said, the enemy's tried to silence my people. He's tried to take your voice. But I am removing the mask. I am removing the restraints and I'm restoring the voice of my people. I am giving my people a greater voice. There will be new microphones to amplify your voices in the coming day. There will be new platforms to declare my word. I am ripping away the mask and giving my people a second wind and a greater voice. How do we overcome the enemy? By faith. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. In verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. How do we make a declaration of faith? We make a profession, a confession of God's word. You notice how we take ownership of things the enemy brings to us? When the enemy comes against us, we take ownership of it. Well, I have arthritis, or I have heart disease, or I have kidney failure, or I have this. Quit having it in Jesus' name. Give it to somebody else. Give it back to the devil. Listen, devil, I don't have time for this. You take it in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not saying deny that you have a sickness. I'm not saying stop taking medicine. But I'm saying even if you have to take medicine, take it in the name of Jesus by faith. I declare in the name of the Lord that this medicine is going to work its best good for me in Jesus' name. Some of you are going to have to take the vaccine. They're going to make it mandatory in a lot of places. Those of us who travel at some point, we'll have to have a travel voucher that says, I've been vaccinated. What do you, well, if I have to take the vaccine, take it in the name of Jesus. Speak over that thing. In the name of the Lord. Some are not going to take it. Some are. I'm not here to argue the, the for or against. I'm just saying that's where we are. But I'm saying if you have to and you take it, you choose to take it, pray. Intercede. Every time you take a vaccine or any kind of medicine, pray over the medicine. Thank God for doctors and medical science and what they can do. We thank God for them. Amen? Come on. And some of you in the medical profession, we applaud you. You're heroes in this hour. You're the people on the front line sacrificing, giving yourself for us. So this is not an assault against you. But what I'm saying is, is we're going to take the word of God and use the word of God as a weapon against sickness and disease in our body. When the enemy engages us in battle, we go to the scriptures. We find out what God instructs us to do in his word. 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Hebrews 4, 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. What is your confession today? We must stop taking ownership of everything the enemy brings to our door. Don't allow your circumstances to define who you are. Words are a window into our hearts. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
We need to watch over what we confess. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. This is my declaration of faith today. Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Matthew 28, 20. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So by faith, we need to learn to pray the word of God and confess the word over every circumstance of our life because we are a people of faith. But notice this, we have powerful weapons in our arsenal. If we're going to stand in faith against the enemy, you'll need to know what weapons we possess. The United States has something called smart weaponry. Laser-guided bombs, cruise missiles, and other munitions that can hit certain parts of buildings without destroying the whole building. Technology has made warfare very high-tech today. We can dislodge an enemy without totally destroying the infrastructure of a nation. The Nazis, when they bombed bombed England and London. They had bombs and they used incendiary bombs in one of the first bombing of London and they set that whole city, big swaths of that city on fire. They went at certain targets but they didn't have the mechanisms they needed and the technology and oftentimes they missed the targets and they hit everything else around the target. But today we can kill somebody in a building and not destroy the infrastructure. We can, we can use smart weapons to go into a place and not destroy the infrastructure of our nation. We have high-tech warfare. And there's no other nation on earth that possesses greater military might, training, or that can match the arsenal that the United States has amassed. But we have weapons far more powerful than the nuclear arsenal or any smart munitions that are possessed by our country. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. What are our weapons? Well, number one is the weapon of prayer. Isaiah 58, 9, You shall call, and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. Matthew 21, 22, Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. John eleven thirteen 13, and 14, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. There's nothing more powerful than a praying believer. Listen to what D.L. Moody said. He said, Next to the wonder of seeing my Savior will be, I think, the wonder that I made so little use of the power of prayer. Secondly, we have the weapon of praying in the Spirit. Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, what is the conclusion? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. As Spirit-filled believers, we believe that we can pray in the Spirit. Listen to me. I pray in the Spirit more than I pray in English. Many times when I'm driving down the road and I'll hear somebody say, pray for this need or that need, I just pray in the Spirit because the Spirit knows the mind of God, knows how to pray. I'm partnering together with Him. Come on, somebody. And there's power. I'm speaking mysteries and I don't know what I'm saying, but God knows what I'm saying because I'm praying in a language that only He can understand. We have the weapon of fasting. However, this kind goes not out but except by prayer and fasting. Ronnie Floyd writes in his book, The Power of Prayer and Fasting. 
that God offers the following promises to those who participate in his chosen fast in Isaiah 58, verse 6 through 14. I'm going to read through these really quick. He will set you free from self and your sinful nature. He will loosen the bonds of wickedness and undo the bands of the yoke. He will bring freedom from the oppressor. He will transform you into a giver. He will give you the desire and ability to meet and minister to people's needs. He will allow you to see yourself as you really are. God will give you the desire and ability to meet and minister to people. He will allow you to see yourself as you really are. I want to say that again. We need to see ourselves as we really are. And here's what the Bible said. It said this book, The Law of the Liberty, is like a mirror. And when we look in it, we see ourselves for what we are. Because the Bible said this sword of the Lord pierces deep into our innermost being and separates the spirit and the soul. And we see our attitudes. We see our mindsets and what we have to do. Beth was talking about the spirit, how the enemy comes against you in your mind and spiritual warfare. You have to get your mind renewed. How do I do that? By meditating on the word. And when I fast, God lets me see myself as I really am. You see, we fast sometimes because we're trying to get God to do something. And God says, you don't have to get me to do something. I'm trying to bring you into a place of alignment where I can deal with things in your life that you've allowed to creep in that's hindering your faith and when we fast we draw closer to God he'll give you spiritual insight and influence no matter how dark and dismal the situation your light will break forth like the dawn you will help dispel the darkness and its power recovery and healing of various kinds will occur righteousness will precede you I want to just say this because it's in my spirit Stop listening to what the news says. Stop listening to what the prognosticators of doubt and unbelief and sickness and disease and everything evil, they report, report, report because they got to sell Chevrolets and Buicks. But listen, what we need to do is hear what the voice of the Lord says and if we'll fast and pray, if we'll intercede, God will send revival like we've never known before. We'll experience things in the presence of the Lord that we've never experienced before. We'll see God high and lifted up in his train filling the temple, the cherubim, and we'll see the post of the door moved at the power of God if we'll fast and pray and intercede and seek the face of God in the midst of persecution in the midst of chaos in the midst of uncertainty in the midst of sickness in the midst of a pandemic God will come and show up like he's never shown up before and we will see his glory and experience his power like we've never experienced it before hey somebody ought to give God praise the final weapon we have is the weapon of worship worship creates an opening in the heavens that brings us into a greater intimacy with God. Worship in spirit and in truth attracts God's glory. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Then notice last is the authority we possess. We have authority. We have authority. If you got to tell people, I'm the boss, you're not the boss. But if you carry authority, people will recognize that authority. I don't have to always run around and tell the enemy who I am. I just use the authority God's given to me. What is that authority? Thank you for asking. Number one, we have authority over the enemy. Luke 19, 10, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the fire of the enemy. Mark 16, 17, and 18, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18 said, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We have authority in the name of Jesus. Matthew 28, 18, and 19, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore. We don't go in our own authority. I don't go in the authority of the IPHC. I don't go in the authority of a domination. I go in the authority of the name of Jesus. 
That's why I can go to Georgia and pray. That's why I can go to Georgia and decree things. Why? I'm not over there in my own name. I'm not over there in the name of this church or in the name of an order. I'm over there in the name of Jesus, exercising the authority that God's given to me in that state. You say, well, why are you in Georgia? I don't know, but I'm going to be on radio in Georgia. The next four months, I'm doing a radio program that reaches all over the whole CSRA and is broadcast all over the world. God's doing something in Georgia. Watch Georgia. Keep your eyes on it. Pray for New York, but watch Georgia. Philippians 2, 19, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, Having become so much better than the angels, he has, he has an inheritance obtained a more excellent name. And then notice last, we have authority over sin. You don't have to live under sin's thumbnail. The enemy wants to define you the way the world defines you. The world wants to tell you that you'll always be in this place. But I've come to tell you that's not what God's word teaches. I don't believe this business that I'm just a sinner. I'm just a poor old sinner barely getting by. That's a religious spirit and a poverty mentality. And it's been taught in the church, but it's not the New Testament. What did he say? You got scripture to back that up? Thank you for asking. Romans 6, 14. Listen, for sin shall not have dominion. Over you, you're not under the law, but under grace. The law condemns, but grace, hallelujah, liberates. We're not only saved and forgiven of sin, but we're saved from sin. And when we become sanctified, come on somebody. That principle of sin dies. That flesh man dies. It's put to death, hallelujah, at the cross. You see in Romans 6, 11, it says, Reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin and alive to God. And I've come to tell you to stop letting the devil tell you that you'll always be in the place that you're in. You have authority. If you're a child of God, you don't have to grow in this authority. You don't, have to, you don't have to be in the kingdom for 10 years to get this authority. The moment you're born again, God invests that authority in you. Rise up in the name of the Lord. Take authority over the devil. Take authority over sin. Take authority over sickness. Take authority over your family. Listen, when I go to have meetings, I pray over that meeting. I take authority. The Bible says what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. I'll bind that thing up in the name of the Lord, and I'll loose the anointing of God in it. I pray over everything. We've got to learn how to pray over everything. Because I want you to know God's concerned about the little things in our lives. We think God's only focused on the election right now. Or he's only focused on pouring out his spirit in Africa or Asia. But God cares about the things that you go through and the things that you're dealing with. He cares about your job situation. He cares about things that are important to you and the things that you need. Pray about it. God will, listen, God will work a miracle about your car. God will work a miracle about your house. Some of you, somebody in here today is wanting new flooring in your house and you don't know how you're going to pay for it. Go, in, go, go home and anoint that floor with oil. God can save your house. God can give you a car to drive. God can give you a better job. I'm talking to somebody. He wants you to have the best. He don't want his people living from, from pillar to post, from chaycheck to chaycheck. He wants to bless you. He's a God of abundance this morning. Come on, stand with me and lift your hands.